just, I felt a prayer rise up in me. And I began to pray these words and I, I would say this phrase over and over and over again and I, and I didn't have any idea what I was praying at that point, but I was praying, God, expand my capacity to house you. I knew that he's big. <laughs> I knew that he can do exceedingly abundantly more than I can think or imagine. I knew these things. I've seen him do miraculous things in my life. Don't get me wrong. He rearranged the bones in my face in front of my eyes, and I had a broken nose, couldn't breathe for 20 years. He fixed it in front of my face as I watched my whole bone structure move. Okay, I've seen God move. It's not about that. I know all that. But I wasn't seeing on a consistent, regular basis the power of God being displayed in and through me. I love this guy. I've been set free by him. I've experienced him. I knew it. In fact, a lot of people would, would say, Lydia, you're the one that I think of when I think of somebody who really loves Jesus. Like, you fit that mold. Right? That's great. <laughs> That's sad. Because I hadn't crossed that line yet. Now I've crossed that line, and yeah, I hope that I look like exactly what you think Jesus would look like. That's what I want. I want it to be all the time, every day. So last year began with a prayer. God, expand my capacity to house you. I don't know what I'm praying. I know that you're infinite. I know that my body is finite. Expand me however you need to expand me so that you can flow through me in every way that you want to flow through me. Because I, I know the limits aren't with you, so they got to be with me. And I don't know what they are. I feel like I've dealt with everything. And, you know, I don't feel, I'm not in active sin. I've, I love you. I feel like I'm free. I know who I am, you know. But clearly there's something, like I, I would just pray and I would feel like I would just want to picture my body just like <laughs> exploding so that he could fit more or something, you know. So I'm praying, expand my capacity to house you. Expand my capacity to house you. I had no idea what I was praying. But Jesus did, and he's like, yes. I'm waiting for this prayer. I'm waiting for this prayer. I want to just read you something. A couple verses. want to close your eyes and picture it, you can, but I just want you to really think about this. This, this is really awesome. Okay? After the Sabbath, as the first day of the week was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to view the tomb. And with a violent shriek, because an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and approached the tomb. He rolled back the stone and was sitting on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothing was as white as snow. The guards were so shaken by fear of him that they became like dead men. The angel told the women, don't be afraid, because I know you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, just like he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples. He is risen from the dead, and indeed he is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there. Listen, I have told you. So departing quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy, they ran to tell his disciples the news. And then Jesus met them and said, greetings. I had a feeling that wasn't the word. <laughs> greetings. <laughs> they came up took hold of his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus told them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to leave for Galilee and they will see it there. As they were on their way, some of the guards came into the city and reported to the chief priest everything that had happened. After the priest had assembled with the elders and agreed on a plan, they gave the soldiers a large sum of money and told them, 
say this, his disciples came during the night and stole him while we were sleeping. If this reaches the governor's ears, we will deal with him and keep you out of trouble. They took the money and did as they were instructed. And this story has been spread among Jewish people to this day. The 11 disciples traveled to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. <laughs> Jesus came near and said to them, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. Now leave him and follow me. But don't think my life sits in harmony with the magnitude of God's goodness. Angels are going through wilderness. The dead rise. Jesus is there. I don't think that modern Christianity in America is in line with the magnitude of what took place. I think that we think that a charismatic worship service is it. If we get really excited for about an hour about Jesus, then that's good. If we get tingles and we sing really loud, that's good. That's Jesus. I think he's different. I think he's got us to something a little less. I want to read you something else. This is the beginning of Mark. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in Isaiah the prophet, See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you. He will prepare your way, a voice of one crying out in the wilderness. Prepare the way for the Lord, make straight his path. John came baptizing in the wilderness and proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him, and they were baptized by him in the Jordan River, confessing their sins. John wore a camel hair garment with a leather belt around his waist and ate locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, one who is more powerful than I am is coming after me. I'm not worthy to stoop down and untie the straps of his sandals. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee, and he was baptized in the Jordan by John. As soon as he came up out of the water, he saw the heavens be torn open, and the Spirit descended on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, you are my beloved son, with you I am well pleased. This happened. This happened. Immediately the spirit drove him into the wilderness. He was in the wilderness for 40 days being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals and the angels were serving him. After John was arrested, Jesus went to Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. As he passed alongside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, Simon's brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Follow me, Jesus told them, and I will make you fish for people. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. Going a little farther, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat, putting their nets in order. Immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. They went out into Capernaum, and right away he entered the synagogue on the Sabbath and began to teach. They were astonished at his teaching because he was teaching them as one who had authority and not like the scribes. Just then a man with an unclean spirit was in their synagogue, and he cried out, What do you have to do with us, Jesus of, of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. And the unclean spirit threw him into convulsions, shouted with a loud voice, and then came out. They were all amazed, and so they began to ask each other, What is this? A new teaching 
a new teaching with authority. He commands even the unclean spirits and they obey him. At once, the news about him spread throughout the entire vicinity of Galilee. As soon as they left the synagogue, they went into Simon and Andrew's house with James and John. Simon's mother-in-law was lying in bed with a fever, and they took him to her at, at once. So he went to her, took her by the hand, raised her up. The fever left her, and she began to serve them. When evening came, after the sun had set, they brought to him all those who were sick and demon-possessed. The whole town was assembled at the door, and he healed many who were sick with various diseases and drove out many demons, and he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he got up, went out, made his way to a desert place, and there he was praying. Simon and his companions searched for him, and when they found him, they said, everyone is looking for you. And he said to them, let's go to the neighboring villages so I may preach there, which is why I've come. He went into all of Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. Then a man with leprosy came to him on his knees, begged him, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Moved with compassion, Jesus reached out his hand and touched him. I am willing, he told him, be made clean. Immediately the leprosy left him, and he was made clean. Then he sternly warned him and sent him away at once, telling him, see that you say nothing to anyone, but go and show yourself to the priests and offer what Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Yet he went out and began to proclaim it widely and to spread the news with the result that Jesus could no longer enter a town openly. <laughs> but he was out in deserted places, and they came to him from everywhere. That's chapter 1. That's chapter 1 of Mark. I think we've missed something. I think if we're being honest with ourselves, I'm not saying that we don't love Jesus. I'm not saying that. I'm not discounting a walk following Jesus. I'm not. I, I, I've lived my whole life loving Jesus, walking with him, hearing him, moving by him. Kind of right now I've been like, why did you wait so long to tell me that? <laughs> And the reality is, is because I wasn't ready to hear it. I wasn't. In fact, the beginning of last year, we were, you know, doing our thing. My husband and I, we lead a house church in our home. We've been doing it for 15 years. And, uh, you know, God's moving, great stuff's happening, it is what it is, you know. Um, but all of a sudden, this weekend in February, this young girl comes in, she's invited by a friend, and partway through the meeting, she starts manifesting like tongues of demons. <laughs> and I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> right? Now, I've seen demonic possession before down in Brazil. <laughs> you know, I've even kind of seen it in pockets here and there, and it casts things out. In fact, I thought I knew how to cast things out. I would have said that I could have taught a sermon on it prior to this experience, because this experience happened, and for four hours I tried to cast stuff out of this girl, and nothing happened, and that thing stayed, multiple things stayed in her, and were mocking, and were tearing people down, and were, and were saying, I can say Jesus too, Jesus, 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 I don't have to leave, and I'm looking there going, yeah, you do, yeah, you do, like, I'm just, it's just a yes, no, yes, no, yes, no type of thing, like like siblings, like nobody's going to win. <laughs> like we're, we're just going back and forth, and yet I'm going, in Jesus' name, get out. I put the blood of Jesus on this person. Get out. I don't have to. Yes, you do. No, I don't. <laughs> right? Four hours. Four hours. Maybe we should worship. Let's just worship and pretend this isn't happening, and maybe it'll go away. That didn't work. All right, let's all just pray. Let's stop giving attention to this. Let's give attention to Jesus. Maybe we're focusing too much on this, and we're just going to focus on him, and then, the, and then that won't get the attention. That didn't work either. Nothing we did. We, we even took a, a jug of water because somebody was like, I feel like I'm supposed to pour water on it. Go for it. Do it. He came, he took a bottle of water and just dumped it on her head. We're like, Jesus, is that going to work? Were we supposed to bless that water first? I mean, we were just like, if you could have seen us, what on earth? 
I laugh about meeting. I'm laughing about it now, but it was not funny. <laughs> I left that meeting a mess. I'm saying, Jesus, I, I never want to do that again. I don't ever, ever want to be in a situation like that where, where somebody is so stuck in front of me and you don't come through. <laughs> you know, I'm saying everything I want to say. That's the problem. For two months, I know I shared this last night as well, two months I was just snot face crying, a mess. I had so many questions. Where were you? Do I not know you? Am I one of those people who doesn't know you? <laughs> I, 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 thought, I thought I knew you. You've spoken to me. I know you. I, I see you answer my prayers. I see you move for me. I, I've seen you heal. I, you know, what is going on? How come? How come? How come? How come? Are you not strong enough? Why didn't that thing have to leave the church? How come it could say your name too? Like so many questions. We filled up a whiteboard with close to 60 questions that were, we're just, we, we clearly know nothing. And that's where we're going to start. And so Jesus began us on a journey. But mind you, right before that, I prayed, Jesus, expand my capacity to house you. God, expand my capacity to house you. I want you to move. Okay. First, I need to see, I need you to see that you're limited, Lydia. Because <laughs> if you think you're walking in full freedom right now, then you're not ever going to hear what I have to say next. And I knew that to be a fact. Because when I had seen things about deliverance ministries, I was like, oh, heck no. <laughs> I'm not touching that with a 10-foot pole. That looks demonic. <laughs> that looks crazy. I'm not doing that. I had to first see that with my best expression of Jesus in my own home, with my church, where I should have authority, I still couldn't cast something out. Okay. Clearly something's up. Clearly, I need to expand the capacity. So, we won't sweep things under the rug in this church. We won't. We won't have an experience like that and pretend it didn't happen. We're going to go after it. We're going to go after it. And we did. And as the year progressed, Jesus taught us more and more and more and more and more. And that teaching last night was the foundational biblical principles of it all. But as we were going through that, we were seeing transformation after transformation after transformation after healing after healing after healing one by one by one. And, and I'm telling you, Jesus told us this is all. I went out to San Diego. I went out to San Diego because I had kind of reached a cap in what I was learning here at our in Salem, you know. And um, I was also, we were praying for people, walking them through repentance, breaking off agreements, telling things to leave. And then every so often we would do that with a person, and a couple days later they'd go crazy. <laughs> I was like, okay, we're missing something. <laughs> Something's going on. And the Lord said, I'm going to send you to San Diego because I have some things for you to learn. In San Diego there's a big deliverance revival happening right now on the streets of San Diego. But I had seen some videos, and I was like, no, thank you, Jesus. I mean, no, thank you. <laughs> um, I, but I knew he wanted me to go, so I said, okay, I'm going to go. I'm going to go, but you're going to be my teacher. You're going to be it. I'm not going there to learn a method or something. Like, I'm going to have you teach me what's up. Okay. So I fly out there, and I get landed laid over in Chicago. And in Chicago, I missed my flight to San Diego, and I shouldn't have missed my flight. I was sitting in front of the desk where they board for 45 minutes. I was early. I wasn't on a phone. I wasn't reading a book. I wasn't doing a dang thing other than watching the desk and people. And I did not see lines of people line up and board the plane. I was like, hey, me to you. That's how far I was. Okay. And so I'm like looking at my watch like, they should be boarding. Finally, I go up to the desk, and I'm like, are you going to board the plane? And they were like, we've already boarded everybody. The door is shut. You can't get on now. And I'm like, what do you mean? I've been, I've been sitting right there, right there for 45 minutes. And they're like, what's your name? Lydia O'Leary. Oh, we called you four times. There's no freaking way you called me. I would have heard your voice. There's no way. 
Well, we called you four times. But look, there's a flight in three hours. Perfect. We'll just put you on that. And I'm standing there like, all right, Jesus, you did that. You did that. You had to put a different scene in front of my eyes because there were no lines there. So you have me here for a reason. He did. He said, go to the chapel. There's a chapel at an airport? Okay. Go to the chapel. I find it. It's like a, a walk, quite a walk away, but I knew I had to go. And I got there 10 minutes before the service. And I go right up and I sit up front because, you know, I'm going to learn from Jesus. And he's got me here and this is it. So I'm going to be star pupil. Sit right up front, right? And it turns out it's a Catholic mass. And I don't know about Catholic masses. <laughs> so... I'm like the only one in there. I'm really in the front. And the priest comes out, and he's, like, straightening things, and he's, like, you know, avoiding me. And I'm sitting there like, like, I'm approachable, you know? <laughs> you can say hi, right? Um, no. So for 10 minutes, he's, like, just kind of, like, doing his thing, walks out back, and then finally comes out for the start of his, it's called a homily, <laughs> the start of his service whatever, mass, and um, clearly I don't know what I'm doing because partway through he starts giving me signals like, it's time to stand up, it's time to sit down, it's time to stand up, it's time to sit down, it's time to stand up, it's time to sit the whole time, and I'm like, thank God I had a mask on because I didn't know what I was supposed to be saying either. <laughs> But I was like, I'm going to make it look with my eyebrows like I'm saying something. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, intent on following his cues. Right? By the time that thing was over, I could not get out of there fast enough. I was like, I, I was crawling out of my skin. I wanted, I was like, I can't, I got to get out of here. <laughs> this is horrible. And I book it out of there as soon as they're like, oh, no. I'm like, yeah! I run out, get to my flight, fly into San Diego. I'm like, God, what was that about? That was horrible. <laughs> I land in San Diego. And by that time, it's 8 o'clock at night. And it's my time. It's like close to midnight. I had been up since 4 a.m. I was exhausted. And uh, I, I find myself in a, in a, a fire school training meeting. And, and so I come in, I just landed, drive there, they're just starting, and again, I sit up front. I'm just not thinking. But anyway, so I'm sitting there, and they're like, all right, we're going to stir up the Holy Spirit, everybody, shove it up. Everybody speak in tongues. Come on, come on, come on, louder, louder, louder. Shove it up. Right? And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I start speaking in tongues, praying in tongues, like, and I just start laughing and crying, and I'm like, Jesus, you had me in a Catholic mass three hours ago, and now you have me here, like the most extreme opposite that you could possibly have. I'm familiar with charismatic circles. Like, I, I'm good with that, but it just was like, what are you trying to tell me? Like, it, it, there's no similarities here. <laughs> And then partway through, they call, you know, us up to begin to pray over each other. And I'm going to confess my sins to you here right now. So they, they, they told us we had to pray over a person or they had to pray over us until they, they got healed. <laughs> and so I get paired up with this 15-year-old boy. And he says, you got any pain or sickness? And I said, yeah, I have a canker sore. <laughs> Didn't I said anything. <laughs> Anyways, I said, yeah, I got a canker sore. And so he's, Jesus, healer, canker sore. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is it gone? Reach my tongue over. No, it's still there. No, where's my tongue? Oh, here it is. Still there? Yeah, it's still there. I'm telling you, <laughs> it's so many times. And I see this young boy's face, like, getting, like, more and more, like, and I'm thinking in my, you know, I'm going to blame it on my deliriousness. I was so tired. And I'm looking at him going, I am not going to be the cause of this young man's, you know, walking away from Jesus. <laughs> you know, it will not be me. Like, so I devise a scheme in my mind. 
that the next time he asks me, I'm just not going to feel it. I'm not going to reach over and feel it. So he, he prays for me, and he says, is it gone? And I said, I don't feel it. feel it. Well, immediately there's a camera phone in my face, like, you're on YouTube, you just got healed with the power of the Holy Spirit, and, da, 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 and I'm like, please go away. <laughs> like, I just, I just want to go to bed. Like, I just, and, and, and I, I leave the meeting, and, I, and I'm, I'm obviously, like, you know, sharing a story. They're doing incredible things out there. You know, I came into the middle of something going on, and God was teaching me something. I wasn't there to learn from them. But they were teaching something very important and powerful. But for me, the teaching was different. So I go back to my where I'm staying that night, and I'm sitting in my Bible room like, God, what on earth was today about? Like, I don't even get it. What, what is this? And he spoke two very specific things to me. The first one from the Catholic Church, he said, Lydia, you need to understand that process without relationship is dead. Because that Catholic priest preached a godly message, a truthful message. It was all about Jesus. It was 100% true. <laughs> but process without relationship is dead. I wanted to hightail it out of there. You know, I did not, I was not moved by that prayer by any stretch at all. I, it was a process. And I felt so uncomfortable because there was no relationship here. There was no, like, it's okay, listen, like, this is what we're doing. This is how, like, it was just nothing. It produced nothing. Okay? He also said to me, zeal without relationship creates pressure. And I'm like, okay, so all this zeal for Jesus and his goodness without relationship creates this pressure to perform or act like something's happening or make something happen or whatever, and that's not God's heart either. There's a reality and a truth of what he wants to do in his church. And it's not about process, and it's not about hype. It's about Jesus. It's about what he did on that cross. And in those two things, he laid a solid foundation for me in going forward in what he was about to teach me, that he was not creating a ministry or a ministry model or anything like that. He was not teaching me a process. He was teaching me what freedom is actually about and that I need to begin to one-on-one, -on -one begin to engage with people where they're at and rise them up into freedom too because he was meeting me personally and it wasn't about a process and it wasn't about hype. It was about transformation. It was about freedom that that was what I needed to do as well. And so when I came back from San Diego with a couple other truths that were deposited while I was there, and the day I got back, the day after I got back, I, instead of one person showing up at my house every single day to get set free, I had anywhere at that point from two to seven people a day. Every single day. I was not telling people what was going on. I was not advertising anything. I was like, God, is this revival? <laughs> is this what is happening right now? Person after person after person. But what I was seeing is that the majority of these people were longtime believers people who've known the Lord for a long time, and they're going, I, I, I love him. I know who I am. I know who he is, but I just feel like I, there's not this, this, this. I, I'm not walking in the fullness of it. I know it. If I read scripture, if I read Mark chapter 1, I can know enough to say I'm missing something. What is it? And so we begin to realize, no, Jesus comes that we would have life and life abundant, and the enemy comes to lie, steal, kill, and destroy. There's two things going on. When we surrender our life to Jesus, he came that we would have life. He fills us with his spirit. We are made new. We are set free. We're no longer a slave. We're a child of God. These are all the things we sing in all our songs and what we preach and what we say and what we know, but yet we don't actually know it because it's not being evidenced in our life because there's a thief there that we all have gotten um, kind of blinded to or we have very little understanding as to what's going on. And so we think we're fighting ourselves. We think we're fighting ourselves or we think that we're 
fighting something that's out there that just keeps trying to trying to come on us. That's not the case. It is for freedom that you are set free. Things are not allowed to harass you. Thoughts are not allowed to enter your mind. They're not. Feelings are not allowed to come over your body. They're not. They're in rebellion to God. They're in rebellion to the cross. That is what is happening. That is why there's so many sick and dying among us is because we are not understanding the body, the communion that we have with Jesus, and we're not taking it appropriately. That is why. And so now everything has changed. Starting in September, so cool story too, right? So prior to that girl in February, I had not seen a demon-possessed person come into our meeting ever, okay? I'd seen other things happen, not that, right? I come back from San Diego, and the following Friday at our meeting, another woman gets invited to our church by a friend, and uh, she's going through a divorce, hard time, whatever. She comes, and we're in the meeting. We're worshiping God. She can we, we meet Friday nights. She can only stay till 930 because she works at night, the night shift, right? So we're worshiping, and at about, at about 915, she pulls me aside, and I've never met this woman before. It looks very normal, but whatever. You can't tell nowadays. Um, she pulls me aside, and she says, I, I got to go. F- I got to leave. I got to go to work. So could you pray for me before I go? And then she's like, oh. But all of a sudden, I'm feeling really nervous. And I'm like, mm. <laughs> sure, sweetheart. Give me your hand. <laughs> and so uh, she gives me her hand. I want you to just say something with me. Okay. She says, Jesus, I know I'm precious to you. Jesus, I know I'm precious to you. Okay. And I, I just start crying. And I say, okay, now I, I want you to say in the name of Jesus, I renounce. And I was going to have her say, I renounce fear. Fear any part of me. In the name of Jesus, I renounce. And that's what she did. And she's like my height, you know, my guess. <laughs> and it's dark because the lights are dim. And I'm like, it's okay, sweetheart. It's all right, honey. You know, she's pretty, you know, anyway, she's my age. Um, just say, in the name of Jesus, I renounce. And I said, she goes, Yeah, that happened. Okay, I landed on the ground. And everybody in the church is like, Whoa! right? People pull out their phones. <laughs> What's about to happen? We got a couple guys, like, she's now flailing on the ground like like possessed okay <laughs> but I'm like I know what to do now <laughs> I know how to do this so we get we hold her down <laughs> step one <laughs> we hold her down so you know in the name of Jesus we break off every stronghold okay we try to call her back to she's present what is going on inside of you? What, uh, you know, ask anything, what is your name? We begin to break off every stronghold, every lie, every place that this thing came in. And in 20 minutes, this woman is set free. She wasn't expecting it either. It wasn't like she was somebody who walks around like about to like manifest places. Like that. She was very normal. <laughs> very normal, composed, put together young woman. She was not expecting it. We were not expecting it, but Jesus set her free in 20 minutes. And I felt the Lord say, see, look what I've done. Back to beginning of the year, four hours and nothing. <laughs> Nine months later, 20 minutes, and she's free. Jesus, it's about knowing who he is and knowing how to appropriate the blood of Jesus on a person's life and on your own life. It's actually knowing that you were made new. And so if there's something going on that doesn't seem like Jesus, then it's not like you either. I've heard that question through the years. 
well, how do I know if it's God or me or something else? And it was like, because, because not, everything's, not everything's a spiritual thing, right? I would have been like, well, you know, I, I don't know what answer. Just read your Bible. <laughs> Pray. <laughs> Ask God if it's <laughs> him, you know. Um, now I'm like, if it's not like God, it's not like him. Thank God. You were made new. You were made new. If it's a lie, it's coming from the liar. If it's stealing, it's coming from the thief. If it's destroying you, it's coming from the one who wants to kill and destroy. It is not coming from Jesus, and it is not coming from you, because you were given a new heart, and you were given a new mind to stop thinking that you were a product of the old because the cross changed that. The cross changed that. So now what do we do? I've known Jesus 20, 30, 40 years. What do I do? It's very simple. Every promise in Jesus is a yes. Everything that he has said is a yes. We produce the amen. So, I've heard that verse my whole life. It's a great verse. I never understood it till now. That in my life, every part of my being, every thought that runs through my mind, every feeling that comes over my body gets brought into strict obedience to Christ. Amen to what you say. Amen to what you say, Jesus. So I'm going to break off every lie. I'm going to break off every stronghold. Any area of unforgiveness in my life, I'm going to release it and let it go. Because you've forgiven me a lifetime. How much more will I forgive a little bit? You know? We walk through these things that are all in Scripture. And then we tell the little parasites to leave. They're not big, scary things. You know, Jesus, when he told that, that demon, get out of that boy, it threw the boy on the ground, and he was shrieking and convulsing and screaming. And Jesus wasn't like, ah, what do we do now? Ah! Jesus just waited. Are you done with your temper tantrum yet? Get out. doesn't matter how big or little a scene it wants to make. It's still got to go. It's got to go. Got the name of Jesus. Now, there are things that we're learning along the way. So back in, in September, God said, when you get back to Salem, when I came from back from San Diego, when you get back to Salem, he said, this is going to be something that's happening underground. I don't want you to be telling people about it. I'm going to bring people, and they're going to get set free. And he was very true to his word. Person after person after person showed up from all local churches. Once somebody got set free, all of their friends and family members wanted to come and get set free as well. Once they get set free, all of their group wants to come. You know, all these wives came through at first, and then all their husbands were like, what happened to my wife? Changes, changes, changes were happening. And God said, you're coming, they're coming. My little office is downstairs in the basement of my house, in this little office. They're casting these things to the pit of hell, and they're not allowed to go anywhere else. So they're going, and they're awaiting judgment. They don't get to go and let any, any principality know what's going on. Jesus is purifying and, and unleashing his church, person by person by person by person by person. And he said, and when I say the word, you're going to rise up, and the regional principality is going to be flipped in a day because it's never going to see it coming. Like, oh, this is awesome. I've always wanted to be like part of a movie plot. This is like amazing, amazing. And I'm seeing it, right? So I had this timeline in my heart. All right, underground, underground, underground. September, October, November, and December, I knew it was time to teach my church about it. 
And so at that teaching that I did last night, I did what I could, two different times. And then he said, and then in January, you're going to start bringing it to other churches because there's an equipping happening. People who already know me need to come into the fullness of who I am. And then what's going to take place is a great awakening is going to happen where the lost are going to be fully set free. And if the church isn't set free, how are we to raise them up? They're still going to be babies. They're going to be fully set free. And the church won't be set free. And we, w- we will attribute it to zeal. We'll attribute it to f- excitement, whatever. You'll get over it. And we will inadvertently pull them back into old ways because that's the Christianity that we walk in. And Jesus is going, that's not happening. That's not happening. And there's a bride that is ready for freedom at its fullest. There is. And that, I, I was surprised. I didn't know all of this when he, oh, this was all ha- happening last year. I didn't know all this. I was expecting that it was going to be people who didn't know Jesus who were coming and getting delivered. That's what I was expecting. I was wrong. What is happening is longtime believers or people who are after the heart of Jesus are coming. That's who's coming because they already know him. They already know that he's good. They already know the truth. They know the word, and they're going, something isn't adding up, and I can't quite put my finger on it. What is it? They're experiencing massive transformation, and then they're going and telling their Bible studies, their church groups, whatever, right? So this is all happening. You heard some of the testimonies of what God's been doing. It's all been underground. January is when we come up, and God said, go to Maine. This is the first place that we're bringing them. I believe that's because there's something here. I believe that's because there's something here. I don't have any other reason to be here. I have a church, I have other churches in my own region who are asking for us to come and begin to teach this because they're seeing people in their congregation getting changed. Things that they pastors have counseled people on for years and years and years, and they never saw freedom. Wow, in an hour they were set free? How did that happen? I've been working with them for a decade, you know? They're seeing it, and it's resonating in the hearts of believers because it's all in the word. We know it. It's there. And so we're here in Maine today because Jesus said, go to Maine first. And so I said that to Wes. I said, I feel we're, we're going to start coming out now. God's starting to raise up and raise up. But one other thing that I want to point out in, in those two passages that I read, the first one, right, the stones rolled away. The angels there. Jesus is saying, you know, meet me here. I'm alive, you know. It's just a miraculous story. And right smack dab in the middle of it, you see a plot to come against them. The guards go back. What are we going to do? Well, we're going to lie. We're going to say it didn't happen. We're going to say, you know, we'll pay you some money to make sure you cover this up and we'll cover your butt with the governor. And we're going to start to spread a story that says something different. God's been speaking to our church that this year is going to be a year of the miraculous and then the counterattack. The miraculous and then the counterattack. And that it is so important that we have the love of Jesus burned on our heart like a seal. Because if we're living for good feeling after good feeling after good feeling, we're going to miss it. Because, yeah, we might be part of some huge move of God and people are saved. But if we're thrown in prison the next day, like Paul and Silas, are we going to be sitting there singing? Or are we going to have junk in us that's offended? And God, where are you? And how come? I got an abundant life. Move of God, counterattack. Move of God, counterattack. Right? And so I don't want to leave you with this thing that's about to happen and not let you know to be aware. That as soon as freedom begins to hit this place, it happened with our church. As soon as people begin to set, get set free, man, there was like this massive like campaign on Facebook to like destroy everything that we were talking about. Didn't matter because people at my house were getting 
healed, set free, delivered every single day. Someone go say what you got to say. I don't care. I'm not even looking because the power of God is so much bigger and worth going after. So, um, and then in, in Mark, the same thing. I'm trying to remember what it was. Um, the same thing happened. Um, oh, yeah, right after the baptism of Jesus, right? Right after the baptism of Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes. Well, then he gets brought into the wilderness to be tempted, right? This, can I steal the message of sonship? off of Jesus, if you're really the son of God, if you're really the son of God, if you, you know, above this came down, the voice just said, this is my son. Well, if you're really the son, if you're really the son, and Jesus obviously passed the test, you know, he went through. But there will be a, a, a move and then a rising up and a move and a rising up and your, 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 your warfare, your worship, it's your love for Jesus, it's letting him be the reason you're living and breathing and moving source of your life and getting rid of everything, every high thing that tries to exalt itself over the knowledge of who God is. Get it off of you. It has no place there. It has no right to be there. So as a church and as a gathering right now, we're just going to walk through something right now. You guys all good with this? Yeah? Okay. And then after the service today, if anybody wants to have a you know, personal time of being walked through what God's been showing us, we're willing to do that, like they said as well. At the end, we can spread out whatever. But right now, just just to just to see how real freedom is. Put your hand right on your chest right now. Ask him to ask Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, has something been stealing from you? I want you to ask him what it is. What what is it? What's been stealing from you? Praise you. If he showed you something, I want you to say something right now. You don't have to say it as quiet as you need to. I watch myself through this every time. I know there's something come through me that's not of God. Say, in the name of Jesus, I renounce it. And you renounce that thing that the Holy Spirit just showed you was stealing from you. Say, you are not God. I was made in the image of God. I was given a new heart and a new mind. And you're not part of that. You have no place in there. So I break off all agreements with you in Jesus' name. Lord, I repent for any agreement that I've had with this thing. receive your forgiveness right here now. In the name of Jesus, I break off every generational curse of this thing. From my father's side and my mother's side. All the way back to Adam and Eve. I break it off of my life and the life of my offspring until Christ returns. In the name of Jesus, I break off every negative effect of this thing. In my lifetime, from conception to now, you have nailed it to the cross. It will not define me anymore. In the name of Jesus, I break off every word, curse that's been spoken over me. 
by myself or anyone else to say that this is part of me or that I deserve this. That is not what you say. And I only believe what you say. Only your words get to define me, Jesus. Jesus' name right now. Speak to that thing. Speak to that thing and say, I'm going to use anxiety, but you say whatever it is Holy Spirit said to you. Anxiety, you have no place in me. You don't have my mind. You don't have my emotions. And you don't have my body. I was bought with a high price. I belong to Jesus. I am his temple. I am his. And you have no right to be here. So in Jesus' name, and by his authority, and by the power of the Holy Spirit that's inside of me, I command you, get up and get off of me. Get off of my mind. Get off of my emotions. And get off of my body. And go to the pit of hell. And do not come back to me again. Holy Spirit, come and fill me with your refining fire. Baptize me in your refining fire and burn away everything that is not of you. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, move right now in that place. You tell that thing to go until you feel it leave. Get out. You get off of me. You get off of me. You have no place. You speak scripture. You speak the truth over yourself right now. Jesus, the name above every other name, he's the one that every knee will bow to and every tongue will confess is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You get off of me. You have no place. You have no right. I have been set free. I have been made new. If any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone and the, and the new has come. You old thing, you leave. You leave. I know who I am. And I know who my God is. And I know now that you have no right to be here. Fire of God, move this thing off of me. Move right through your temple, God. Go from the holy of holies to the holy place to the outer courts. Burn right through your temple, God, all the way through me. I am yours and yours alone. I am yours and yours alone. I am yours and yours alone. There will be no other God except you. My mind is yours, God. Holy Spirit, I ask right now that you come and you heal every secondary effect that these things have had on each person here. Heal every brain, God. Heal every emotion and heal every body and bring it back, Jesus, to fearfully and wonderfully made every secondary effect right now. I command you, you were bought with a price. Brain, you be healed right now in the name of Jesus. Emotions, you were bought with a price. You were made to reflect the heart of the Father. You be healed right now in the name of Jesus. Body, you were bought with a price. You were bought with a price, a very high price. Be healed right now in the name of Jesus. You will only reflect the love of God. You will only reflect the one who saved you. 
You are the body of Christ. You are his hands and his feet. Thank you. God, thank you for freedom. Thank you for the fullness of freedom. Thank you for the fullness of freedom. Church, know who you are. Know what you've been given. And know what you carry. You are a child of God. You have been brought into a royal lineage. A new bloodline. You have been bought with an exceedingly great price. Jesus did not go to the cross so we can sit in a church on Sunday mornings and sing songs. He came to set us free. He came to set us free. You. You. You are the body of the body of Christ. Don't settle for anything less. Don't settle. Don't settle. Don't settle for anything less. Don't settle for anything less. I'm telling you, freedom is real. Wholeness is real. You've already been given it. It's all in there. He has given you everything that you need for life and godliness. I asked him once after I began to realize this stuff and cast stuff off, stuff that I had paid for years to God with. I asked him, why didn't you ever take them away? I mean, you knew that I loved you. Why didn't you just take them away? Why did you wait till now? I mean, you could have just taken away. And he said, because then you never would have realized who you are. You never would have realized who you were. You would have kept coming to me to beg me for things that I've already given you. He said, he's given you everything that you need for life and godliness. In fact, he's placed the very same spirit that raised Christ from the dead inside of you. Everything in You were redeemed and you were restored to fearfully and wonderfully made. That's the truth. That is the truth. That is the truth. And do not let anything try to tell you otherwise. Do not let anything try to tell you that you are not worthy, that you'll never get it, that you'll always be stuck. That is a lie. That is a lie from the pit of hell. And it is not from you. each one here to know who they are, that they would walk in the fullness of your freedom. I just speak that over this church right now, that you will walk in the fullness of your identity, in the fullness of your freedom, that you will go from glory to glory to glory, that you will run forward with your eyes fixed on Jesus, letting go of everything, all sin that would say he's going to untangle that backslides off of us and it's gone. It's put apart in Jesus' name. You were made new. You were made new. You are good. You are loved. Know who you are. And do not settle for less. You gotta capture every thought every high thing that tries to exalt itself over the knowledge of God and tell it where to go. You're not me. And I don't agree with you anymore. You ain't tricking me anymore.
service to. I don't know if anyone was experiencing doubt about this being real. I'm just sitting here and thinking about that, and you know, I, th- I think it can be hard sometimes to say, I don't know what is going on here. Is this legitimate? Um, and we can understand that, you know, that there there might be some doubt, some unbelief, or you know, repeating some phrases and what that's supposed to do to me. But I hope, I hope that at least for today, that you've heard every testimony of every person that got up here today and was set free from breaking agreement with lies that they've believed, breaking agreement, appropriating the blood of Jesus in their life. Um, John, is it his name, John? Rob, sorry, Rob. Yeah, so Rob had, is Rob in the room right now? He had to leave. He had cancer for how long? 14 times he's had cancer in 19 years. And he's had chemo 52 times. Like that's, that, I mean, terrible, terrible. He got prayed for, went back to the doctor and was cancer free, 100% cancer free because of breaking agreement with something that was spoken over him and that he had received. If you don't believe this now, I'm not worried about it for our community that's here, for people in the room, because we're going to start to see people come through these doors. We're going to experience it ourselves, and you're going to see and then remember what you heard today. And then you're going to panic and say, get me some prayer (laughs) so I can be free so I can pray for people to be free. I truly believe that. I believe today as I was sitting here thinking, wow, I I think there's some in the room today that are saying in their minds, I don't really need this and I don't really believe that this is actually true and something that I need for myself. And that's okay because God is going to meet you where you're at and he's going to set you free. He is, because this is where we're going as a church. God is preparing us for this very thing. He's preparing us. If you can't see in the bigger picture of all the storyline that she just shared up until this moment where where God spoke to her and said, go to Maine first. Something's about to happen here, guys, and we want to be ready. We want to be ready. That is our heart. We want to be ready. I want to be ready. I want each person in this room to be fully ready that if someone walked in here manifesting demons from the onset, that no one here would be just screaming Jesus, pointing at them, that we would know how to appropriate the blood and work of Jesus to that situation in full confidence, without fear, without anxiety. That's what we're going to do. That's what we're, we're preparing because there's a great harvest coming. We've talked about th- this, guys, for months. This is part of it. We are preparing. God is preparing us for the harvest to come in. So I want to encourage you again. We're going to have time to get more prayer if you want. And again, you don't have to. But this is a moment for us. God orchestrated this weekend, every person in this room, he orchestrated it. He has you here for a reason because he wants to set you free, fully free, so that you can also multiply freedom and lead others into freedom. It's not just for ourselves. There is a dying world of many lost people who are bound by sin, they're held captive. And like Lydia was saying, we agree. The church has not had the answer. We've lacked the power and demonstration of the spirit. Let us be humble enough to recognize it. I'm here first saying, yes, God, I lack the power and the demonstration of your spirit like I see in the word and I want it. It's what you died for. It's what you gave your life for. And there's a harvest coming, and we need to be ready. 
we've got to be ready. So I just want to encourage you. I don't know how we want to do this. If Lid's team, if this is okay. Lid's team, why don't you come up here so everyone knows who you are. I don't know if whoever's going to be praying for people, come up front. And if you're here in this room and you're like, I got to have more, <laughs> I got to I gotta agree with somebody, I, I want more freedom, maybe you dealt with something in your seat, you, you felt a change, but you say there's got to be more, I want more, there's got to be different. These people are here, have all walked through deliverance many times and have been going through this, heard the teaching, been being trained to help us. To, they're brothers and sisters in the Lord, guys that just are standing in agreement with us to bring us into greater freedom. If you have sickness in your body, it might be attached to something else. If you have any pain or sickness in your body, I would highly encourage you to come see what's up. <laughs> Watch the Lord do what he wants to do, all right? So uh, no pressure, again, no pressure. You're free to go from this point on. But if you want to grab somebody and then go get prayer, let's do this, guys. <laughs> yeah, come on up, Rob. <laughs> yeah, go with whoever. Just grab somebody and go. And probably if you want to turn up the music, you can spread out across the room. Yeah. People can go downstairs, spread out wherever you want to go. Yeah. If you want to just chill in the presence, if you want to just sit, that's fine too. But guys, people are here, so 